Isn't it great? Isn't it great to to be able to come and just appreciate and give thanks and praise? Just a token. We will never fully, never be able to fully appreciate and express our total thanks and praise and adoration for our God, our Savior Jesus Christ. But it's great just to be able to do something. To be able to do something. I don't know about you, but I praise and give Him praise and I lift Him up. Something lifts me up and say, I'm lifted inside. That's the beauty of our God. We give to Him and He does something in us to bless us. He's an amazing, incredible God. And well done for the guys and praise Him and leaders this morning. And I worship. Good job. Well done. And just for a short time, as you probably know, it's National Thank You Day, but it's also Pentecost Sunday. It's a significant day in the calendar for those and uh, for Christians, but particularly for those who are like of a Pentecostal uh, persuasion, which we are. We're part of the Assemblies of God movement, which is a Pentecostal uh, movement, fellowship of churches in the UK. And it's fitting for us, particularly this year, as we look at stretching and strengthening our theme. We believe God's given us Isaiah 54 of stretching and strengthening this year. And we believe that part of that is in strengthening and empowering of the Holy Spirit. The pouring of the Holy Spirit is celebrated on Pentecost. Kathy's already mentioned that. And that was an empowering, strengthening event. It was a Holy Spirit, if you like, is a strengthening, empowering arm of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Trinity. And our daily readings through this month are through the book of Acts, which is focusing on that outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost all those years ago, and then the practical outworking of what happened after that. So for the next few minutes, I want to look at us, not in Acts, but an Old Testament scripture, which is like a preview or an insight into what the Holy Spirit's outpouring would do in the New Testament, if you read the Old Testament, there's very much kind of types or incidences of certain things that God is going to unfold later on in the New Testament. And Jesus comes in the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to read from 1 Samuel chapter 10, first 10 verses. I'm reading from New Living Translation. It should come up on the screen. Then Samuel took a flask of olive oil and poured it over Saul's head. He kissed Saul and said, I am doing this because the Lord has appointed you to be ruler over Israel, his special possession. When you leave me today, you will see two men. This is not me talking to you. This is Samuel talking to Saul. Okay. This is not what's going to happen to you when you leave the building. Okay. When you leave me today, it might. But anyway, when you leave me today, you will see two men beside Rachel's tomb, Zelzah, on the border of Benjamin, they will tell you that the donkeys have been found and that your father has stopped worrying about them and is now worried about you. He is asking, have you seen my son? When you get to the Oak of Tabor, you will see three men come toward you who are on their way to worship God at Bethel. One will be bringing three young goats, another will have three loaves of bread, and the third will be carrying a wineskin full of wine." They will greet you and offer you two of the loaves which you are to accept. When you arrive at Gibeah of God, where the garrison of the Philistines is located, you will meet a band of prophets coming down from the place of worship. They will be playing a harp, a tambourine, a flute, and a lyre. Imagine that kind of praise team. Next week we're going to have a harp, a tambourine. No, we're not. And they will be prophesying. At that time, the Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you, 
and you'll prophesy with them, you'll be changed into a different person. After these signs take place, do what must be done, for God is with you. Then go down to Gilgal ahead of me. I will join you there to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings. You must wait for seven days until I arrive and give you further instructions. As Saul turned and started to leave, God gave him a new heart. And all Samuel's signs were fulfilled that day. When Saul and his servants arrived at Gibeah, they saw a group of prophets coming down toward them, or coming toward them. Then the Spirit of God came powerfully upon Saul, and he too began to prophesy. Background is that Israel wants a king, and basically Samuel's come to anoint Saul as that king, that background, is that this is the context of the scripture. We read Saul basically is out looking for donkeys that his dad had lost, and he sent Saul out looking for him. thought it was quite interesting, the bit we read, the, the, Saul was told, okay, your father stopped worrying about the donkeys, now he's worrying about you, i.e. the donkeys were priority, but now that he's got the donkeys, he's just turning his attention to where you are, really. Okay, I'm not seeing anything about family, uh, dysfunctional families or anything like that. But this is where we were, Saul's dad. And Saul, in his journey to connect, connects basically with Samuel. Long story short, he connects with the prophet Samuel while he's out looking for these donkeys. And the message is, you're going to be Israel's king, Saul. You're appointed to be Israel's king. You're appointed to purpose here. So God's appointed you to purpose. You're going to be Israel's king. His response, but I'm only from the tribe of Benjamin. I'm only. Let me just tell you, that don't let your limitations limit what God can do with you. He was limiting himself based on his experience, who he was, where he was from. But God is not limited by your limitations. The Lord has appointed you to be ruler over Israel. Let me say that the Lord has not appointed you to be ruler over Israel, but the Lord has appointed you to purpose. The Lord has got purpose all over your life. He's appointed you to be his disciple, his ambassador, his salt and light, his missionary, his messenger, his authority, his man or woman to make a difference, to bring his kingdom life, power, provision, healing, hope, joy, and purpose into this world. God has appointed you to purpose and for purpose. You're appointed to purpose. You're not going to be ruler of Israel, some of you might do, but God has got you appointed for purpose. He's anointed to purpose. You don't just exist for the sake of it. God has got purpose written all over your life. He's appointed you to purpose, and it doesn't matter what your I'm only is, or I'm only from. I'm only from, because what he's appointed you to is far greater than where you're from. His too is far greater than you're from, and your from will not limit what God wants to do, and you and to you, in Jesus' name. You know, I remember one of my very first trips to Africa. It was in Tanzania. And I remember at night just going out, not for too long, because those mosquitoes are rife at night anyway. But I remember going out, standing myself, and looking up at the stars in the sky, and saying to myself, I'm just a wee boy from Cumnock. Where nobody in Africa will have ever heard. <laughs> Most of the world's never heard. <laughs> Even though it's the greatest town in the world, but that's another story. Okay, I remember saying, I'm a wee boy, a wee minor son boy from Cumnock. 
and God's appointed me to come and speak in Africa to hundreds and hundreds of people about the kingdom of our God and about our Jesus. And I went, wow, how great is our God. How great is our God. Don't put limitations on what God can do in you because of your past or where you're from or what you haven't got because God can do far greater than you could ever imagine if you just yield yourself to him. You're appointed for purpose. If we look at Jesus' disciples in the New Testament, Jesus' last words were this in Matthew 28, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all my commands I've given you. Be sure of this. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. I.e., I'm appointing you to go to the world. I've appointed you to make disciples. I've appointed you to the nations. I've appointed you for purpose. I'm putting meaning into your life. Disciples, you aren't just going to fish for me anymore. I'm putting greater purpose and meaning into your life. I'm appointing you. I'm appointing you to something greater than where you're from is. And listen, it's the same for us. He's appointing us for purpose. You have a future which is greater than you can imagine. Because there's an appointing on your life to purpose greater than where you've been just now. But though those early disciples had been appointed with purpose, Luke records in Acts that Jesus had told them, don't do anything, just stay at Jerusalem until you get empowered by the Holy Spirit. Acts 1 and 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth i.e. you're appointed to purpose, but just hang on a bit. Just wait, because even though you're great, you're not quite ready yet. If you look at Saul's life and our story, Saul in a reading, you're appointed by God to purpose. However, before you get too excited or before you get too nervous and before you rush off and do whatever you're going to do, I need to tell you something. Listen. You're gifted, you're called, you're appointed, but you're not quite ready because it will not happen until you go to this place called Gibeah. You'll connect with a group of worshippers. I want to tell you, worship changes atmospheres, doesn't it? It's amazing what God can do in worship. And just as a side note, maybe you're struggling at home some days. Maybe you're going through difficult times. I want to tell you, see, just put worship music on in the background and it will help to change the atmosphere in your home. It really will. Worship changes atmosphere. But listen, Saul, you're appointed, but when you go there at that time, the Spirit of the Lord will come powerful upon you. When you go and meet these guys in Gibeah, and you prophesy with them, you'll be changed into a different person. And you're a good guy, you're appointed, you're good, you're a man of God, you're called of God to this, but you know what? You can't do anything until you get that power of the Holy Spirit coming upon you, or you shouldn't do anything. You're appointed for a purpose, but you need anointed with power. You need anointed with power to do what you're going to do. Jesus, for 30 years, just grew in stature and favor with God and man, but didn't do any ministry until he came and declared this. In Luke 4.18, he read from Isaiah 61. He says, this, this scripture is fulfilled today in your ears. He says, this is what that scripture was talking about. He says, the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me. 
He's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come, i.e., Jesus himself. So you know what? It's the anointing of the Spirit of God is coming upon me in order to go and start doing something to fulfill the appointment and the appointment that God has for my life to become the Savior of the world, to become King of Kings, Lord of Lords, whatever you want to put on it. And it was the same with Saul. Saul, you know what's going to happen? You're God's man. You're great. There's an appointing on your life which is exciting. It's wonderful. It's greater than you could be imagined. But you know what? God knows you can't do this on your own. God knows that you're, no matter how gifted you are, no matter how great you are, no matter how wonderful things may be, and no matter what you can do, you need something which comes from God, which only comes from God to enable you to fulfill that appointing that He's got for your life. So listen. This is what's going to happen, so you're going to go, you're going to meet this bunch in this atmosphere of worship, and the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, and you're going to be changed into a different person. You become a new person, you're going to become a new man, you're going to become something different that you're not just now, and it's not to do with you, it's to do with an empowering of the Holy Spirit coming on your life. Can I honestly say that the baptism and the empowering of the Holy Spirit made an incredible difference in my life? It really did. Those who have known me for those you're going, oh, I'm a different person when the empowering of the Baptism and then filling the Holy Spirit came upon me. I couldn't do what I'd do before that. I was too shy. I wouldn't even speak to myself. That was something, honestly. But I couldn't stand in front of people and speak. But you know what? Something changes. There's an empowering. God's anointing you. And let me, let me just clarify this. It's not salvation. It's not salvation. The greatest decision that you could ever make is to accept Jesus Christ into your heart, to recognize that you're a sinner, that Jesus died for you that Jesus died for you, that you were going to hell because of your sin, but he took the punishment, he took the sacrifice, he made it possible for you to receive new life in Jesus Christ, for your heart to be changed and for God to come into your life by his spirit and live within you and have your eternal security settled because your name gets written in heaven. That is not what we're talking about. When we accept Jesus as our Savior, the Spirit of God comes within us. And it starts to change us from the inside out. It changes our character. It changes into the character that God wants us to be, to become more like Jesus. We used to sing an old song, maybe just a Sunday school. Come into my heart, come into my heart, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Come in today, come in to stay, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. If you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart and be your Savior, to say you're sorry for the sins, the mess-ups, and recognize it's only his sacrifice that can cause you to be made right with God. He can come into your heart, and you can be a new creature in Jesus Christ. That's the greatest decision you could ever make. It really is. However, in order to function into all that God's got for you, you don't just need that. You need an empowering of the Holy Spirit. So, see, if you look at Saul's story here, Samuel told him, Guy, Saul, you're anointed. You're going to appointed to purpose. You're going to be anointed to fulfill that purpose on your life. And this is what you do. Go to that meeting. Go to that church meeting. You meet all other worshippers. The Spirit of God's coming upon you. And you're going to be empowered for service. However, before that meeting took place, when Saul left Samuel... It says, God changed his heart. God changed his heart. See, the heart issue God deals with when we accept Jesus. But after that, there's an empowering that comes in order to fulfill all that God has got 
for us. In the day of Pentecost that we celebrate today, the Spirit of God came upon the disciples and they were changed. Something different. The Peter who denied Jesus, who was hiding along with the rest for fear of reprisals, the Spirit of God came upon him and he got up and basically says, you guys, you guys murdered Jesus. Basically paraphrase. You guys, it's your fault. You, you crucified him. You crucified These are the same guys he was running away from a wee while ago. But the Spirit of God came upon him and something changed within Peter. He says, you know what? I'm going to boldly proclaim, you guys, you were the guys that were this problem. He said, but you know what? There's a solution. There's an answer if you turn to Jesus Christ. And that day, 3,000 people responded to the gospel and accepted Jesus Christ. You know, Paul spoke often about the Spirit and the Holy Spirit. But if you look back, Saul, you're appointed, but you need that anointing to fulfill your calling. The early disciples, Jesus says, you guys are great. I've got appointment all over your life. But listen, don't even try anything. I've been here for three and a half years. I know what you're like. He says, don't try anything. Just wait until that Holy Spirit empowering comes upon you. And then there's no limit to what you're going to do. You can go and do great things for me. The band are going to come up. Short message you'll be pleased to hear. There's an appointing and there's anointing. But listen, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit is not for us to feel good or get goosebumps. If you do that, it's great. There's no problem with that. But there's a purpose behind it all. It's for you to do things for him. So it's not for you to feel good. It's because you need to fulfill that appointment in your life and that equipping. Disciples, you need to go and do stuff with it. Peter and James in Acts chapter 3, believe it is, They met a guy who was lame. And he was asking for money. Peter's response, haven't they got any? But what I have, I'm going to give you. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. That was the empowering Holy Spirit for them to do that. Acts 10 and 38 says this. When Peter was speaking to the Gentiles at Caesarea, when he responded to Cornelius' call for help, he says this, you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. God anointed him, then he went about doing good and healing all the oppressed by the devil. Today it's Pentecost Sunday. If you can't stand, please stand. It's okay if you can't. So, there's an appointing on your life for purpose greater than you could have imagined. I know some people needed to hear that today. You may have been here today, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. He's never come in to change your heart. I'm just going to pray a prayer, and you can pray it where you are. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for taking the punishment for my sins. And today I acknowledge I've never accepted you into my heart. I've never asked you to be my saviour. 
But today, right now, where I am, I say, Jesus, I'm sorry. And thank you for dying for me. Please come and be my Savior. And I confess you as Savior and Lord. And I decide to live for you from this moment on. If you have prayed that prayer today, Kerry's going to throw, put her hand up. Please speak to Kerry, he'll help you in your next steps of your journey. That's the greatest decision anyone could ever make. But today, you know, many of you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. Many have experienced that salvation that He gives. There's an appointment on your life. But I believe today, in this day of Pentecost, that God wants to empower us. He wants to strengthen us with the empowering of the Holy Spirit. We've talked about strengthening in many ways, and there's things we can do to strengthen ourselves. God said, oh, but the greatest strength and I found and greatest empowerment in my life, I found was when the power of the Holy Spirit came on my life. And right where you are today, you, we can experience that empowering, that anointing, that strengthening from the Holy Spirit. If you're wishing, if you desire just to be empowered, maybe for the first time or just afresh, just you lift your hands, just lift your hands where you are. And we're believing for God to come by His Spirit on this day of Pentecost and just move and empower afresh. Just to come and empower and strengthen in a way that goes beyond the natural. That there's a supernatural impartation of His Holy Spirit. You may have never been baptized or received the Holy Spirit. If you want us to pray with you, please come to the front. But right where you are, you can receive something of that strengthening and that anointing as we sing this song. You can receive where you are, but if you want to come to the front, somebody will pray for you. Just believe in for God to impart something of His power and life and anointing into you in Jesus' name. Spirit.